on the Green Zone. Welcome into the Monday edition of the show. What a busy, busy, about all 48 hours or so it has been in sport. Of course, the National Football League comes to a close on their regular season. We now know the 14 teams who will play for the Super Bowl beginning on Saturday with the Cleveland Browns against the Houston Texans as Houston wins their division. And and did you notice on uh, Saturday night when Houston won the game? Near the end of the game, C.J. Stroud, the rookie quarterback with the uh, rookie head coach. But there was another gentleman who had a celebratory handshake with C.J. Stroud with the uh, little back and forth. That was uh, Danny Barrett on the where are they now category. Danny Barrett has been in Houston the last couple of years, the former Rough Riders head coach. He's now the assistant head coach in Houston and the still the running backs coach. But yes, Houston with the first time, first year head coach and a first year quarterback make the playoffs. That is very rare in the NFL. So all week long, we'll preview wild card weekend coming up in the NFL starting Saturday. It's the Cleveland Browns, the Houston Texans. Also on Saturday, you'll see the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs. And we talked about it last week. We had Dave Naylor on talking about our game of the week in the National Football League. And it was no doubt going to be the Dolphins and the Bills. And I would say it lived up to expectation yesterday, last night, with the Bills claiming first place for the fourth straight season in the AFC East. As they go into the playoffs as one of the hottest teams In the National Football League, they will host the Steelers. Yes, the Steelers still making the playoffs. As I was talking with Justin Blackwell, we had Mike Tomlin fired five weeks ago. But it is amazing how the Steelers always seem to find a way, don't they? No matter who's at quarterback or playing or healthy or not to get into the postseason. Uh, To heck with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Congratulations to Jordan Love and the Packers. They make the playoffs, although it's probably going to be a one-and-done as they have to go against the uh, Dallas Cowboys. But, of course, also in the National Football League, today is known as what they've been calling it as the Black Monday in the National Football League when head coaches get fired. It started last night. Arthur Smith fired by the Atlanta Falcons. That team just has never really gained ground with Arthur Smith as the head coach this season. Uh, finishing 7-10, and 10, they were around the conversation to potentially win the NFC South. Actually had a chance uh, over the final two weeks to do it. Couldn't find it. Quarterback play, meh. Some personnel decisions. They have two of the top prospects, well, even more than prospects, Young players at their position, Kyle Pitts, tight end, Bijan Robinson, running back. And don't use them, which is baffling uh, to all watching the Atlanta Falcons. And then, as expected today, Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, as they call him, was fired by the Washington Commanders after a 4-13 and finish to their season, losing eight straight to finish the season. But the big coaching story in the National Football League is Bill Watch. 
Bill Belichick, will it be over with the New England Patriots? Bill has said that if it's best for the organization to lose his role as the lead personnel man and general manager, he'd be willing to have that conversation. But after yesterday's game, another loss for the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick wasn't going to talk about it. He said just talking about the game. He'll have a conversation with Robert Kraft, and they'll go from there. A lot of speculation is that that was it for Bill Belichick. And at the end of the game against the New York Jets, you saw him seek out Aaron Rodgers, and they had the good old bro hug and a little bit of a conversation back and forth, and you ponder what that means for the future of Bill Belichick. So there's a little bit of the National Football League story. We'll have more throughout the day. We'll take you to Cleveland. Felton Johnson will have more for us here on the Green Zone. NHL action. There's a lot of similarities with Connor and Connor, McDavid and Bedard, exceptional athletes, first overall picks, always considered to be generational talent. And now they also, unfortunately, have this in common, both with significant injuries in their rookie season. Uh, Connor McDavid had the shoulder injury. Uh, he was out for quite some time. And now Connor Bedard on Friday night, a fractured jaw with a hit by Brendan Smith of the New Jersey Devils. And, of course, Brendan Smith, uh, how many fights did he have to do against the Chicago Blackhawks? Two or three in that game? At least two. I watched the one with Nick Felino. It lasted about an hour and a half. How many? It felt like it went the full 12 rounds uh, on that one. But also, because Nick Felino, of course, defend the honor of your rookie, and Nick Felino actually and Connor Bedard, um, Nick was one of the guys who right away, when Connor Bedard was drafted by the Blackhawks and he became a Blackhawk, was like, hey, come over hang out with the family, kind of take the kid under his wing. So Nick Foligno, already a little protective of Connor Bedard, in that fight, breaks his finger. Nick Foligno's also on IR with Connor Bedard because of that. Bedard out with a fractured jaw. They expect him to be at All-Star festivities in Toronto. Likely not going to play. I'm pondering, will he participate in the skills competition? It's a four- to six-week injury. Like You're not going to have contact in the skills competition. You don't have to take part in all of it. Like you wouldn't have to do fastest skater or anything like that. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I'm hoping he can put on the skates on all-star weekend. Likely not going to happen, but out with a fractured jaw. Also in the national hockey league, Toronto Maple Leafs and William Nylander have come to a contract agreement. Eight years, the maximum amount of years William Nylander can sign for $11.5 million per season, $92 million over the next eight years for William Nylander, making him the second highest paid Maple Leaf on a year-to-year average salary basis. Although that $92 million all-in total is more than Austin Matthews agreed to because Austin Matthews agreed to a shorter term. So there you have it, Toronto Maple Leafs fans. William Nylander is staying. He bet on himself, love it, and he's making a lot of money on it by betting on himself. Always bet on yourself. 
is the lesson with William Nylander. SCFL meetings will take you there shortly. A lot of news around the Canadian Football League over uh, the weekend as well. You have McLeod Bethel-Thompson signing with the Edmonton Elks officially. Chris Jones said he did not call Trey Ford to warn him. He does not coddle his players, was the quote he used today. But McLeod Bethel-Thompson now with Edmonton. Also, as Scott Milanovich at the winter meetings talked about Bo Levi Mitchell, he's the guy. He expects him to be the starter, but Taylor Powell could take that job in training camp with Bo restructuring his contract. And as Scott talked a little bit about the interest he had in becoming the Rough Riders head coach, uh, Britton Gray was among those talking to Corey Mace. You'll hear some audio from the Riders' new head coach at the winter meetings that are going on right now in Nashville. And that is the college coaches of America. They have a conference every year. Thousands of coaches uh, from the college ranks are there. So the CFL said, hey, they have like a booth there. Like at a trade show, the CFL has a booth set up. College coaches coming to talk to them about players. It is a big thing about trying to, hey, get a good word in for the CFL to the coach. The coach says, here are your options. Pro ball, hey, look up to Canada. Met a few of the coaches. Great guys. So... That's going on, and uh, some of the conversation over potential rule changes, and I have to get into this today, is getting rid of the Montreal Alouettes little gimmick play with the punt over one yard line to reset the downs. Some coaches in the CFL want to get rid of it. I want to keep it. I really do. Some people think it's ridiculous and it's a joke. You have to kick it past the line of scrimmage. You know what? Defend it. You know the rules there now. The Montreal Alouettes had that rule. Jason Moss and Craig Dickinson were talking about it when they were with Saskatchewan together. It's been around. Actually, Jason Moss said it was way back when Mike O'Shea was the special teams coordinator in Toronto in 2012. They talked about this rule. The Montreal Alouettes used it two or three times and were successful. I say keep the rule. Others disagree, like Dave Dickinson of the Calgary uh, Stampeders. Uh, so that's coming up here on the Green Zone as well. It is a busy one. Uh, and some of our guests today, of course, will take you to Toronto. Uh, Ryan Kennedy of the Hockey News will talk about William Nylander's deal. And, of course, Belton Johnson on the NFL playoff picture, as well as tonight's college football championship game. It is Michigan against the University of Washington. And this is the Green Zone on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. This is the Green Zone. Jamie and I with you on a Monday edition. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. And you didn't look too far ahead on the forecast, is what I hope, although you may want to. And I hope uh, you don't uh, fall victim like I did earlier today when I went, oh, get out the uh, block heater cord and the end snaps off. Just great. I know it's not that big of a fix. It's not like the whole thing is kaput. You just have to fix the end. But but first, uh, make sure you find, you, you don't want to be in minus 40 digging around the engine trying to find where the, I stuffed that thing last year. Where is it? Uh, But yeah, after a Christmas of weather that felt like 
sometimes spring, sometimes late fall. Yeah, uh, winter has arrived. And we'll also keep you up to date with some of the flurries uh, flying around the uh, province and fog and things like that we've been dealing with to keep you up to date. And you can as well with the uh, highway hotline and the conditions of the highways. Always looking for a text at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five if we need to pass some information along to those driving home every afternoon while here with us on the Green Zone. Okay, winter meetings going on in Nashville uh, with the uh, Canadian Football League. There, there's been some interesting news and developments already going into these winter meetings. And one of them, I'm just going to address the Trey Ford, McLeod Bethel Thompson thing. McLeod Bethel Thompson has signed with the Edmonton Elks. Chris Jones named him the starter already. There's a lot of people are saying the disrespectful to Trey Ford. Trey Ford wasn't perfect last year. He was exciting in his first year getting some time at quarterback. There's no doubt. Right? That was a good chunk of games he got in his second season. But Edmonton needs to win. And Edmonton has brought in a veteran quarterback in McLeod Bethel Thompson, went down to the USFL, played very well, of course took the Toronto Argonauts to the Grey Cup last year, and analytically is a superior quarterback to Trey Ford. He's not exciting like Trey Ford is. And that's Edmonton's decision. It made complete sense when I was home, Cloud Bethel Thompson. What's it mean for Trey Ford? You don't have to like it. You might like Trey Ford better than McLeod Bethel Thompson because he's a more exciting player. But he's by far a perfect quarterback. There's a lot to learn. And I actually like the move by the Edmonton Elks. I I know I don't say I like a lot of things Chris Jones has done or has does. But this one, I completely understand it. Look at Chad Kelly a year with McLeod Bethel Thompson in Toronto and how much he learned and how much he continued to talk about how important McLeod was in his development. Taught him a lot about life and quarterback play in the Canadian Football League. And I hope the same for Trey Ford. He might be better for it, ladies and gentlemen. Jamie and I with you here on the Green Zone on this Monday afternoon as the weather starts to dip around Saskatchewan. And I saw what, low of minus 40 at one point later this week? Not a fan. But it is reality in January, isn't it, in Saskatchewan. Now more coming up here on the Green Zone. We'll preview the NFL playoffs. We now know the 14 teams who will battle it out before the Super Bowl after the regular season came to an end. Plus, more from CFL meetings in Nashville, where they're having their winter meetings, as Corey Mace uh, talked to reporters, including our very own Britton Gray. But football of a different variety taking a place in Moose Jaw this week as the Sask Selects host over a 1,000 athletes coming up for the Battle on the Prairies at the Yara Center. And the Director of Operations for the SAS Selects, Zelko Stefanovic, joins me now. Zelko, thanks for your time. Hey, Jamie. How you doing, man? Very well. Um, just first off, this is a selfish question. How loud is Belton Johnson when he's uh, coaching up the offensive line for that <laughs> U10 team? 
Oh my God. Like everybody just loves him because him and I kind of cut from the same cloth, man. Like we're just, we're both as loud. I'm at one end of the field and he's at the other end of the field and we can kind of hear each other. (laughs) Well, uh, tell us more about what's going on this week, uh, starting January 11th, over a thousand athletes. Uh, You have teams from Alberta, California, Boston, and of course, our very talented group from here in Saskatchewan. Yeah, man. Um, we have kids actually from 58 different communities that, that descend down on Moose Jaw every, every couple of weekends of practice. Uh, cause that's what we do. Like we we started this in 2011 and it's kind of grown from, you know, since then. Started off with like 36 kids and, and now there's, look at close to a thousand athletes are going to be descending on Moose Jaw, um, you know, this weekend. So, um, yeah, like you were saying, you know, I think we're at 22 or 23 teams. Uh, from across Western Canada and then, uh, Boston and California. And I just got a picture from one of the teams that's traveling from California that, you know, they're just in Vancouver right now getting on, getting ready to get on their flight to Regina. So I don't have the, I don't have the heart to tell them that it's going to be minus 40 on the weekend while they're here. I hope you brought your winter gear for the California crew. It might be a little bit of a wake-up call. Uh, but so th- this has been, uh, as you mentioned, a growing, growing operation with SAS Selects. And uh, we tell the stories uh, all the time when you guys go down south and, you know, win against some of the top teams from around the United States. What have you seen on the talent level of football, specifically for the SAS Selects in this province? Jimmy, it's crazy, man, because like I, I was just actually thinking about that. And I was at practice yesterday. I'm sitting in my office at the top and, you know, watching, looking over the, the practices. And I'm looking at one of our, one of our quarterbacks at our 11U, um, the Suzuki kid, man. And, and, you know, like he's doing RPOs. He's, he's 12, 11 and 12 years old. And they're, you know, they're reading the defenses. They're he's reading linebackers, safeties. Uh, you know, it, we're, we're, these kids are kind of taking this craft, you know, of football to the next level. And, uh, I'm telling you, it's all about the way we do hockey here, uh, in Canada and more particularly in Saskatchewan is what we've been trying to duplicate with football and, you know, challenge the kids at every step, you know, at every age. The varsity guys are doing stuff that they're, you know, they're being taught, you know, university level, uh, fundamentals. You know, our 13U and our 14U are being taught, you know, uh, high-end high school stuff. And, man, it shows because I, I don't know if you're watching and paying attention to what was going on in the recruiting scene with our with our seniors this year out, out of Saskatchewan, but there's not a single school in Canada that wasn't out here recruiting kids from Saskatchewan, man. And, like, I always tell everyone, the proof's in the pudding because uh, if you build great athletes, man, everybody from around the country is going to notice it. Zelko Stefanovic, Director of Operations for SAS Selects, as the Battle on the Prairies at the Yara Center starts January 11th through the 14th uh, with a bunch of teams here. Uh, now, when you, when you set this up, how big of a monster is this Battle on the Prairies to set up and organize and recruit some organizations like those ones in uh, Boston and California to come up to Saskatchewan in minus 40 to play some football? Well, it, it hasn't been easy, man. So, like, we met with California, with the Mambas, when we were in San Antonio last year. We got together with our parents and said, hey, you know what? We'd love to host you guys in Saskatchewan, but we have to tell you, it's in January. So, uh, man, they're games. They're crazy. It's crazy. Like, they just, you know, it's an experience of a lifetime for the kids. 
uh, you know, from both the Boston kids and the California kids. And of course, our kids that get an opportunity to host them. Right. And um, it, it's something that's never been done before, Jamie, to have American teams come up here, play at a youth level. You know, they're not super young. I mean, the quality of the football is going to be through the roof, man. I mean, you know, they, you know, they're bringing some athletes and, and both groups are. So, uh, our kids are ready. They've been preparing this now for since, uh, since early November. Uh, you know, it's a tournament style format, you know, so it's not like, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be playing two and a half or three hour games. So they're quick games because we have only one field. Uh, we decked out the Yara. I tell you, IKS media is going to be there. We're, I don't know if you saw some of the stuff from last year, but it's a CFL style production. We have a production studio in the back with, uh, we have a huge 25 foot by 14 foot LED screen that we mount inside the yard for replays. Uh, there's four camera, four camera guys, you know, man, you know, man cameras, like there's two on the field and two on the tower. Man, they're catching all the action and everything's being streamed live, you know, through the last year. I think we had close to 50,000 individual viewers log in this year it's going to be even bigger with these american teams up here man so but you're right the organizational thing has been has been a year uh uh, in the making right now so and i gotta hand it to our volunteers our our parents our staff everybody that's involved has been it's it's been absolutely god sent we're so blessed that so many people have actually stepped up and helped out and um you know, to make this thing just a, a truly unique event that the kids will remember, remember for the rest of their lives. And, of course, you have this uh, tournament here at home in January. How important is this to get the, the kids ready for the North American Youth Football Championships uh, that we've had some success at taking part in uh, Orlando in February? Well, you know what? Like, this is why we created and we started this thing about six years ago. Um, you know, and we just had the Manitoba teams at that time, so... You know, it was a tune-up for our for, for our traveling, right? Because uh, you know, just for those who don't know, we travel. Like we we're going to be taking a, a seven teams to Orlando in February, and then we're going to be taking two teams to to, the, to Germany for the One World Bowl games in uh, in April. So, um, you know, the kids get a lot of football. They get a lot of fundamental training. But you know what? Like it, this this one, it's it's going to be nice for the kids to be able to hit somebody other than their own teammates, right? So. Uh, that's the most important part. And, of course, I mean, you can't get better competition than what we're going to be seeing from, from these teams in the U.S. And, of course, the University of Alberta that's bringing, uh, you know, their select program down here that they started three years ago. And, uh, you know, the Airdrie Eclipse, you know, a 12U team that's coming from Alberta as well. So there's going to be a ton of competition here in, uh, in Saskatchewan. Uh, finally, is Alco, maybe there's uh, people out there, a young football player, uh, how do they get involved? Uh, try out for SAS Selects, or do you find them? You know what? Like we 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 had some tryouts throughout the summer. We had one in you know in May, then we had one in Saskatoon, one in Regina, and that was it. Uh, we don't, um, you know, we have a lot of re- you know a lot of our players return. A lot of the players are in our system from the time that they're ten years old to the time that they're you know they graduate uh, and go on to university. So. Uh, we usually have a few spots open every year, you know, with people that leave or, you know, move away or, you know, move away from the program. But uh, everything's on our website usually or on social media, Jamie, and people can look into it. But um, that's usually kind of when the process starts is mid-May. 
and then it kind of ramps up throughout uh, the summer a little bit, and then we wait for the kids to finish their fall seasons, and then we start usually in November. Well, Zelko, thanks for your time and uh, putting a spotlight on uh, Saskatchewan football with us, and uh, best of luck with the uh, tournament this week. Thanks so much, Amy. Zelko Stefanovic is uh, the director of SAS Selects uh, Football in Saskatchewan, Battle on the Prairies at the Yara Centre in uh, Moose Jaw, as over a thousand athletes. As he said, the group from California is already at the Vancouver Airport. Could you imagine that reality check? Like you're talking about young athletes. I don't know how many of these California kids have experienced Saskatchewan winters. I doubt any of them. May maybe a few. I I, I hope the parents did some research on going from the bus at minus forty over this weekend. Yeah. Of course, it's indoors at the Yara Center. Uh, beautiful play. That's where the that's actually where the Rough Riders practiced during Grey Cup week in 2013. Was that new uh, Yara Center indoors? Because indoors on real district grounds was full of parties uh, that year. But they were busting out to Moose Jaw to practice at that facility that continues to grow and improve. And I can't wait to see it. Belton Johnson is uh, helping coach the offensive line, and his son was Sask selects now. Uh, so I've been getting updates from uh, Belton on how things are going for that uh, U10-U11 program. I can't wait to see it. Of course, streamed as well as this province. As he said, with the recruiting that was going on for high school athletes and everything else for universities, and it's not just Canadian universities, like NCAA schools, uh, looking in Saskatchewan going, there's something going on there. It is a monster behemoth family of football. And remember, and I'm just going to pass this along, in Regina, flag football registration opened this morning. Didn't go as smoothly as planned. So if you're in Regina, tried to sign up for flag football and had some issues, put on a wait list. I know Mike Thomas is doing all he can to straighten everything out, get everything organized, get your kids registered, all that stuff for flag football at Open this morning. Uh, as uh, remember, the Regina flag football named the number one league in the world. Uh, that is how popular it, it has become, especially with the Mike Thomas and the way he's uh, running Regina flag football. So a little bit of a hiccup this morning for some of the parents, including myself, uh, well, my wife uh, trying to register uh, the kids for flag football. So uh, Mike and the gang over there trying to do their best to get that all settled uh, for the spring five-on-five five, uh, competition. Coming up next, this day in sports history, then we'll take a closer look at the National Football League playoffs. Who's going to take the Super Bowl? Do you have a prediction? Is it going to be Baltimore? Is that just the it's the safest bet? I think them are the 49ers. Or do you think there's a surprise? What about the Dallas Cowboys as the number two seed? One of the hottest teams in the league is all of a sudden the Buffalo Bills who beat Miami last night to get the number two seed. Or maybe there's a big surprise coming our way. How about the Cleveland Browns? One of the top defenses. And they have a former Super Bowl champion quarterback slinging it now with Joe Flacco. one 332 8255 would love to have your Super Bowl prediction here on the Green Zone this afternoon on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Is this a big Pepperidge Farm remembers. 
It's up. And after 22 years, on this day in sports history, the day being January the 8th, of course, and in the National Football League, two memorable plays happen on this day in sports history and a possibility for a play dyson and bird are deep taken by neil he gives it to wycheck wycheck that looked like a forward pass taken by dyson dyson down the sideline dyson's gonna go all the way yes kevin dyson the music city miracle on the throwback on the return against the buffalo bills happened on this day in sports and also on this day in sports it's at the ball oh look at this run what a run Marshawn Lynch still on his feet has blockers now he's dancing his way Yes, it's called Beast Quake. Marshawn Lynch against the New Orleans Saints. It actually showed up on the uh, Richter scale, the earthquake uh, thing, the the seismograph. Of course, Beast Quake has been outed by the loudest event that shook Seattle. Do you remember the story this past year? What was louder than Beast Quake? The Taylor Swift concert. Registered higher uh, on that scale but on january the 8th it was the music city miracle tennessee beating buffalo and then of course beast quake also on january the 8th those two major and memorable nfl moments happened on this day in sports